What's on my mind this morning is Doreen Miller. Oh. And if that name rings a bell, it's because she is the woman who worked as a household helper for the now disgraced Ruel Reed. Her name has been called in this corruption scandal mm. for which Reed is being investigated. And it's alleged that at least $4 million was routed to a bank account in her name. And this woman, she's 65 years old, she gave an interview recently. And I believe her account of what she said happened, how things actually happened, and she became enmeshed in this controversy. Now, there are some people who say, and we were talking about it in production meeting yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking about it with family at home as well. So it really has been on my mind, yeah? There are some people who, who said, you know, this big woman, 65-year-old woman, couldn't be so naive or so ignorant or so full mm. as to just be used by these people and just go along with stuff and not ask any questions. But I'll tell you why. I believe her okay. in, a, in a little bit. Okay. But first, let me just read for, for you. If, if you didn't hear, we did uh, go over it in the paper yesterday morning. Now, let me just read some of what she said in her own words. These are mostly direct quotes. This is Doreen Miller. She says, I want my name cleared because I have never worked in any official capacity as a helper for Mr. Reed or his family. I've only done part-time work with them when I'm off on leave from my usual job at Jamaica College. And she said that she had worked at the school for more than four decades before being recruited by Reed in 2016. She also says that Reed asked her to open a bank account through which the Ministry of Education could route funds to pay a helper. She said, at the time, I was on contract, but agreed to open the account. I was under the impression that since I would have still been working at JC, the account would be active to pay someone else who would be working as the helper, since he concluded he wanted a helper. Mm. I did it and said when my contract is up, I would take up the post with him. My contract was to be up in two years, in 2018. And it says the account was eventually opened at a branch of CIBC First Caribbean International Bank in St. Andrew. And she said that... She was accompanied by a family member of Reed and was eventually directed to hand over the debit card for the freshly opened account to the same relative. And she said that person, who's a woman, instructed her to use a particular pin for the debit card. So the person gave her the pin to use and she had to turn over the debit card. So she was never in control of that account, according to Miller. She continued. She said one so she's day, establishing plausible deniability right, from early on. Exactly. So she's saying one day last year, 2018, I was at home and I received a call from another of Mr. Reed's family members telling me to meet her at the bank. While there, I was asked to authorize the withdrawal of $1 million, which I did. According to her, between 2016 when the account was opened... And up to the time she authorized the $1 million withdrawal, she never had access to the card, nor was she aware of details of deposits to and withdrawals from the account or the source of income. She said she was told to write a check in the name of another close family member of Reed to cover medical expenses for that person's father, who was ill at the time. And she says last year again she was asked to go and repin the card 
in the presence of the same family member and the same family member again gave her a specific number for the pin and she said she was shocked when there was a pre-dawn operation on March 7 and police came knocking at her door demanding the debit card and she said she didn't have it she only showed them some $9,000 that she had for the church bus and you know things continued from there she said she's depressed and she almost dropped down at church church what she said she did she fainted at church and all of that Mm. yeah so this is what happened, according to Doreen Miller. And like I was telling you before, I actually believe her account. And there's this big debate as to whether she's as innocent as she claims to be. How can somebody who's supposed to have sense at 65 years old, you have wisdom of having lived some years. How can somebody like this be enmeshed in all of this, never have asked any key questions and just naively gone along with it. Mm-hmm. But I do believe it could happen. First of all, people fall for all kinds of foolishness. <laughs> Why do you think lottery scamming is so prevalent? <laughs> there are some people you just talk to them halfway nice and with a hint of authority and they give you all your money. There are people like that. Plenty gullible people out there. But more important than that. You wanted to add something? I was going to say, and she worked at JC a long time. A long time. And he was a principal at JC. And right. he was respectable. And right. This is print. This right. is print. Right. Exactly. Know? I was just going to add, even more important than being naive or gullible, is that you add the trust, you add power, and even a level of fear. And this could very well happen. Because I think about certain people who I know, people who've worked in that sort of position. And I could absolutely mm-hmm. see them going along with it. No yeah. questions yeah. asked. Rural Reed was a person this lady knew and worked for for a long time, and she clearly would have had a great level of respect for him. And with that comes trust. The principal of a prestigious educational institution and a government senator and minister and your boss, a man like that asks you to do something, you do it. Churchman. Churchman. And there's also a level of fear and intimidation that comes with those power dynamics. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even have to ask in an intimidating way for her to be intimidated. It's just inherent in the situation. As a matter of fact, a situation like that, it might not have even been a question of asking. She may well have been told. Can you imagine somebody in that position of power calling their help on one side? Doreen, come here. I need you to open up this bank account for me. My sister or whoever is going to pick you up tomorrow and take you to the bank. That doesn't give... You're your helper. Your boss says that to you. That leaves little room for you to say no. Uh, look here. The pin needs to be one 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 one. Right. It leaves Guess little... Guess what? The <laughs> pin is not about you. The pin is what <laughs> I can remember. Exactly. <laughs> it leaves little room for you to even say, no, I'm not going to do it. If something is phrased to you in that way mm. and in that situation. Mm-hmm. Now, what gives me some optimism about her account is that the things she said can easily be verified. The banks all have cameras. Modern True. banks all have cameras. True. Investigators can check to see what day the account was opened and check the security footage to see who walked in with her that day. They can interview the person who opened the account to see if he or she remembers those interactions. Mm -hmm. The ATMs all have cameras as well. They can check to see who used the card at the ATM, if it was used at the ATM. And I'm sure all of this is part of the investigation. I heard Robin Sykes 
from the FID, the Financial Investigation Division, in the news on this station last evening, saying that the investigation is far advanced. And there are other agencies involved as well, including MOCA. This is a multi-agency investigation, far-reaching, wide-spanning. Uh, and what is alleged to have happened here is just so despicable and wantonly corrupt that if proven, I expect to see arrests, charges, and convictions. Nobody's going to get off here. Scott Free, and I mean not just the people who are alleged to be behind the corruption, but those investigating and those who will eventually prosecute this case. I heard Dr. Phillips last evening accusing law enforcers of having a, a double standard, saying that arrests should have already been made. Hmm. He said that there's a lot of evidence in the public domain on which to start arresting people. I don't know there's that there's... a lot there is, of information. Uh, yes, that's what I was about to say. I don't know that there is evidence... In the public domain, there's information and there are plenty of allegations which must be fully investigated. And this is how the police ought to do their jobs. Investigate first and arrest later. I mean, no, too many times it goes the opposite way, right? And make sure arrest you have first. a proper case before exactly. so that it doesn't collapse and mm-hmm. then you and then further erode confidence in the justice system and you turn on and cause DPP. Exactly. Too many times they arrest first and then try to build a case afterwards and then the case falls apart. This case is so high profile that they're under a lot of pressure to get it right. And reasonably, it hasn't been that long since these allegations have come to light. It's been a few months. It's not like this has been dragging on for years and years and years, like a certain Dutch oil scandal we all know about. So I'm willing to, to give it a bit more patience for the people to be absolutely thorough in their work. But, of course, I expect the public to be fully informed of the outcome of the investigation. Either way, we in the media, we'll be in court at the trial or trials where all the lurid details will be exposed. The truth will come to light. And if after all this they decide there's not enough to even charge anyone, well, there'll be hell to pay from the public. I only hope that the laws against this sort of thing provide adequate and appropriate punishment. And it's not any foolishness like a $20 fine. That's what's on my mind.